Welcome to the Remote Property Sourcing Podcast. I'm Tom Wade. And I'm Tom Ashtosevsky. And in this podcast, you will learn how to build a six-figure remote property sourcing business from anywhere in the world. Without using credit checks, without prior experience, and without using your own money to buy property. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Remote Property Sourcing Podcast. I'm your co-host Tom Wade, and with my good friend Thomas. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. All good. All good. Excited for this one. Yeah, definitely. This stuff is kind of like the boring stuff, would you say? But really important. So this is your area research, your investing area, your sourcing area that you're going to be picking. And this is really important because if you don't have a specific location or one or two locations that you're going to be focusing on to source properties for investors, it can be difficult because you're, you're scatty, meaning you're like, I'm just going to get a deal and try and sell it. We've seen that a lot, right, Thomas, where people don't have a focus, they don't have a plan. And what happens is they try to flog deals on social media and, and property sourcing and real estate, the wholesaling is the, is the 60 year old term, which basically means sourcing below market value property. A lot of the problems in the UK and the US has been spammy. People that are middlemen are spammers. And the reason why is I think people don't have a focus. They don't have a specific area with a specific buyer and they don't, they don't really have like an analysis and, and market research and data on the area and they end up being a spammer, right? So I think what's really important, I want your um, input on this, Thomas, but I think what's important is you need to target area or one or two areas. Don't limit yourself. You could do it anywhere in England. You could do it in Ireland. You could do it in America if you wanted. You just need the analysis. Otherwise, if you don't listen to this episode, you'll be, a, you'll be what's known called at the dinner table when you're having the, someone will ask you what you do and that you will say, I'm a spammer. <laughs> <laughs> so what's I mean, your input on that? Yeah, I mean, I mean jokes aside, um, this, this, this research fundamentally is, honestly, it is the bedrock of your business of your business model of your focus area i mean just to give you guys a bit of perspective one of our clients is a um, international developer they're based out in eastern europe and they invested considerable money like you know tens of thousands in having somebody essentially research areas to basically invest into place their next development in the uk they're, they're a big client of ours they're just moving into the uk and they, they, I'm not even kidding you guys. Like when you go, ah, oh, it's fine. I'll go here. Don't. These guys, these guys essentially spent six months researching, finding the right area. Now I'm not saying you have to spend six months researching, but it really, I think, hammers home the importance of doing this correctly because ultimately understanding that area, understanding that, that market space, what's going on in the area, how do the numbers work? What's your yields? Under, understanding what return you get out of it. Uh, looking at particularly, you know, crime rates, perhaps. Yes. It really becomes the, the, the sort of bedrock of your business when it comes to finding properties. And then on the flip side, the, the moment you then become to outward market, your investors know that that is what you do. Uh, furthermore, obviously, if we start with the money, this is another good definer of where you start choosing. So well, that's the thing. If you can have market knowledge, it's, it's, it's knowledge of the market. 
So if you've got buyers, you've got a list of buyers and they're buying and flipping. So they're renovating properties and they know their numbers to a T. And you don't know your numbers. You don't know the this postcode area or this kind of the, these towns. You do, you're not aware of the schools. You're not aware of, you know, is it in a flood zone? I mean, that's really big because people go, yeah. why is this property sell, sold 30% off? It looks like all property, you know, what happened there? It might be in a flood area. It might be common to flooding. So how do you do this research? Well, you can do this research online. You can Google it. There's a good tool called Property Data. Um, one, of our, one of our clients, a great company, great owner. So, you know, you have um, a lot of great data there. They compiled all the data. So there's many tools. But first thing, you've got to really understand it from a buyer's point of view. If you're buying, what do you want to know when you're buying property? From an, from an investor's point of view, whether it's you listening right at home now to me and you're an investor or you work with investors, you're a middleman to them, you want to know that it depends on your strategy, but let's just say the basics. You want to know there's, um, there's rental demand. So I am not going to sell a property that's in the middle of a farm. And here's the thing. A lot of people, Thomas, we've seen over the years, I've, I've seen this over the last close to a decade, is doing sourcing really interesting because people go i can't sell this deal in a farm and i say why would an investor there might be there might be a rich couple in london that want to go and renovate the farm but it's very it's a niche within a niche within a niche within a niche mm. a standard box standard buy to let investor to buy and hold they're looking for rental demands they're looking for supply and demand which boosts up the house prices is there's is there activity is there schools is there good is there is is it a good environment to live because that's going to drive people and the more demand of people buying it drives the house prices up that's why cities work really well right people go why do cities go up because simply the supply and demand and the amount of economic activity so it's really simple so if you're going to get a deal in the middle of like a farm i'm playing i'm being very extreme as i do but if you're getting one like that, it's going to be difficult unless you've got a bespoke buyer. So what they're looking for, and you tell me because you've you've um, you've bought a lot of property, Thomas. The way you analyze it, and we've got a lot of clients obviously buy buy every week. Is a big thing is the the demand first for rental. Then it's the economics, isn't it? It's the yield. But another thing that we work with our clients on is a cash on cash return, isn't it? Based yeah. on their they put in, what is the annualized return? Because in the bank. I mean, with inflation now, guys, it is disgusting, to be honest. If you're listening to this, it is really disgusting what's happening um, with... I'm not going to go into politics of it because I've got my own ideas and theories on what's happening. But um, when you look at it, guys, money in the bank, your 100 grand is now 93,000 mm. buying power. You've lost buying power. But if you add that in an asset, you know what I mean? Like giving you an asset, and that's why investors... And, yeah. But they want to make sure before you want to make sure when you're picking an area, there is growth. There is a good, healthy growth, like an Ipswich, Thomas, for you, where you are. Like it is, is a good kind of like over the last five years, because obviously when you're looking at um, equity increases, there can be anomalies, right? Where it goes up like 6%, 2%. What's the yeah. average? Is it two and a half, three, four percent 4%? No, I know. I know on average in 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 the IP four area, which is um, one of my key areas, I know that we get about five percent growth per annum on average in the past few years. Now, I mean, 
I think the key thing here is really looking at and understanding what one what the investor wants is really crucial. And it's a really good point you made about kind of looking at it in terms of trying not to niche too much with regards to what you're finding, because ultimately, you yeah, why is an investor buying investment property? Well, they're buying it to get a return on their investment. So yes, normally, right, there's cash on cash, which is that rental yeah. income after expenses, and then there's cash on equity. So your percentage based on the predictions of that capital growth, like London, there could be a recession, you know, that's doubling in 10 years. Bishop Auckland, probably 10% in 10 years in historical data. This is being completely honest. Mm. It's, it's just looking at the facts. Why? Because we're looking at the data. And I think this is really important, guys, when you're picking an area, do not just go, it's my local area, because you feel like you need a control element. Look at the numbers. If you live in Devon in a rural part or in Cornwall and no investors are buying, how do you go on right move? You can look at house price trends and you can look at how, what's the activity. If it's a low activity, and right move will tell you this, they're a billion dollar company, billion pound company, they will tell you this. Are people buying the houses, two three bedroom houses? Are they buying them houses? Is people, are people renting? What's the rental demand? How many listings are, are being rented? Call one or two agents to ask the activity level. If there's a low activity level, it's going to be very different. You're making it harder on yourself picking that local area. For example, I was born in Windsor, just outside Windsor in like a, a suburb of Windsor, so to speak. And what it was is it was very high prices. It wasn't the best for below market value and lease options for me. Does that make sense, Thomas? Like that, like it didn't, it didn't work because there was so much capital growth. Yes. There was a, there, it did, there was a lot of capital growth. However, it would have worked for me working. I did a couple of deals in Windsor or around that area in Berkshire, but it was more your average buy to let investor. Mm. But my strategy at the time was your bog standard twenty percent off below market value and the lease options. So I was in Windsor doing deals in Bishop Auckland, in County Durham, in Liverpool, in South Yorkshire, in Birmingham, in Leeds, in Wales, in Scotland. I was doing all of these deals because I knew the areas worked for my strategy. I'd done the market, I'd done the market analysis for lease options. I needed to make sure there was no equity on average in those areas. That's market research, guys. Mm. So you've got to kind of just look at that. And um, yeah, like what Thomas said, cash and cash return is, I like that, sim you, how you simplified it. It's, yeah, yeah I, I, what, I, what are they looking for, you know? Yeah, I, uh, one, you've obviously, you know, without money, you're not buying anything, you know, whether that's be you sourcing onto investor or yourself, without money, you're not buying anything. So understanding what their basic criteria is, if they've got preference on where it is, or if it's the return on investment, um, from there, it's then looking at that area and, and there's a few key points and I think you've really covered this, but to sort of summarize, you know, you're looking at rental demand, you know, how, how, um, what, how many kind of letting agents are there in the area? What's the population of the area? Because if you're going into somewhere where you've got, what, few thousand residents, um, likelihood is you haven't got very good, you know, very big uh, pond to fish in. Yeah, so you probably want to be looking at somewhere with at least two hundred thousand people, at least. And I think this is a big topic, guys. So we are going to do a part two of this. Mm. Uh, so make sure you listen to part two, and we're going to kind of break down 
a process and some steps you can follow when you're picking your areas, your do's, your don'ts. And I think, I think we'll leave that for next episode because I know you guys are probably driving. Don't, um, don't podcast and drive. That's a bad joke, drink and drive, but don't <laughs> podcast and drive. Coined it. <laughs> All right, Thomas. Well, I'll see you in the next episode. I'm looking forward to this. Sounds good. See you then.